Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody and devoted moms out there. This is Tasha White and... Hi, this is Regina calling in from Maryland. Hey, see you, Tasha. Hey, Regina. How's it going, sweetie? Oh, happy Thursday. I know. Happy Thursday. I know. TGIT. Thank God it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you last week. I know, I missed you too. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for um, listening to Devoted Moms today. If you'd like to listen by phone, you can definitely give us a call at 347-215-6138. Again, you can listen on your phone at 347-215-6138. We'd love to get your questions and comments. You can also follow us on Twitter at Tasha and Regina. Yay! Yeah, I did. I missed you last week. I was like, I I'm supposed to be doing something. It felt weird. <laughs> well, I hope our devoted moms weren't too disappointed. Um, it was, you know, something beyond our control. But I think it was something really wonderful. We had a um, interview with, uh, I mean, well, there was an interview done with a woman from across the world, and so I right. know that um, that was a really important show. So. Let's uh let's let's see how's it going. I want to check in with you to see um how are things going down in Georgia. You know things have been pretty good. I've been busy and um you know juggling everything, but it's actually been you know a great week. I shifted some things in my business and um it's been a fantastic week actually. So um no complaints there. That's for sure. Um, how about you? Um, it has been a challenging week. Uh, as the devoted mothers who listen in every week know, I am a independent consultant. And so I spent a good bit of last week um, doing, uh, working on a proposal and um, learned some really hard lessons about making sure technology works. And so I'm just glad right. to be on the other side of it. Um, we're with a wonderful team. And we gave it our best, and um, we just anticipate that uh, God's got it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right, God's got it. At the end of the day, whatever and however it ends, God's got it. And it is. Uh, there's a sense of peace in understanding that because, you know, the human side will kick in, Tasha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it will. It will. I'm excited about today's show only because this is really something that you and I, you know, talk about and um, really all the time, and that's how we became a mother and how it's so different even just for the two of us and then how different it is for you devoted moms out there. You know, so we wanted to just kind of go over some of the different ways you can become a mother because if there is no one way. I think there's probably some unique stories out there, some maybe funny stories, maybe a few mm-hmm. drama-filled stories, mm-hmm. you know, um, of 
just how your walk into motherhood and parenthood began. So, again, if you want to call in, we would love to hear your story. Um, so you can call in at 347-215-6138. So, Gina, why don't you tell um, our devoted mom listeners, you know, kind of what your story was and how you began began your, your path. Okay. Um, well, I'll be really quick because I'm really hoping that we get in a lot of different voices today. But my, um, I was thought to be Auntie Gina. I was always just going to be Auntie Gina. And so I was mm-hmm. a great auntie. Um, and then I met the guy that um, I wanted to start a family with, and we got married and, um, you know, did the kind of couples thing for a while and then, you know, really made a conscious decision that we were ready to start to um, – begin our family to extend or expand our family. And and so um, most of the listeners on this show are really clear about the natural way that happened. <laughs> we did that for yeah. a while and it didn't quite work. And I so mean, that was, how many we, years was that? Four or five? Aye, aye, aye. Um, it was. It was about five, it was about five years before, right. you know, we finally realized, you know, we knew we weren't, my mother used to say that, you are trying to get pregnant if you are not doing anything to prevent it. So we never try right. to prevent it, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we started to consciously, you know, really want that to happen, it just didn't. And I can remember having a very early conversation with a doctor who said, you know, if you had unprotected sex um, for six months and nothing's happened, you might want to look into it. And when mm-hmm. she said that, I don't know if you remember, Tasha, I stopped going to that doctor. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said, this, this doctor doesn't know what she's talking about. It was not what I wanted years. to hear. I fired my doctor. How dare she imply such a thing. And, you right. know, I'm walking around, and, of course, they look like people are getting, br- you know, they can be a breath or um, a big wind and someone's pregnant. And all, you know, mm-hmm. it just seems like I was luring pregnant people to me like crazy. And it was so hard. Um, and looking back on it, it was very much like every time I found out I was not pregnant, every month I found out I was not pregnant was like losing a baby. Right. Because you, yeah. you know, you'd say, oh, this time, this time. And so if you can just imagine if you have folks out there who had experienced this, the disappointment each month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was hard, and so we actually did end up um, connecting to a fertility doctor. And I also started to talk about us wanting, you know, because everyone wanted to say, well, when are you going to start a family? So you get this mm-hmm. internal pressure and this external pressure um, yeah. from all places, and then people, of course, again, pregnant women walking around all over the place. And so we connected with a doctor who... Um, was really cool and low-key and, you know, had great stats for success (laughs) and started a fertility process. And it was interesting because they called it, um, it was kind of like an infertility clinic where we were like, well, we really want to go to a fertility clinic, don't we? Like one where they, you know, help you get pregnant, not one where they just recognize you can't. So we started changing some of the language. We um, did three cycles. It will take Mm -hmm. over your life. Um, yes, because I remember there those days. are lots of suppositories and shots and 
all sorts of things that your body is happening to your body as well as your mind. And, you know, I had a really good partner to do that with. Um, my children's father, you know, was just awesome about it. And on our third cycle, when we were the most noncompliant, um, he had a meeting. He <laughs> went and did his thing. Um, my friend Kenya, that I'm hoping we'll call in a little bit later on, took me to the doctor. We laughed around and said, you know, this is a wash. And right. um, a couple of weeks later, well, about three weeks later, we found out the night before we were leaving for Jamaica for your wedding, October 28, mm-hmm. um, oh, uh, three, um, that Sims had, in fact, decided that she was going to come hang out with us. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that like it was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. October 28th, we got those numbers. You've got enough numbers Mm. that, you know, the hormones are there. It's very clear that you've got a baby in you. So it was... Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. It was just such a huge, like, success. And I know... I know there's got to be some listeners out there that are going through exactly what you just described. So please call in. We'd love to hear your story and, you know, and and what part of the process you're actually going through right now. 347-215-6138. We actually have a caller on hold right now. Caller, you ready? Hello, caller, are you there? Hi. Sounds like we might have a bad connection. Hello. You're on with Devoted Moms. Oh, I think we might have lost her. Please call back in. Yep, I think we might have lost her. So um, if you'd like to call back in, we'd love to get your question. We might have had a bad connection. So call back in at 347 Two one five six one three eight. Would love to love to speak with you. Um, so yeah, I you know I remember that, and I remember distinctly. You know, we were sitting in Jamaica the day before the wedding, just having dinner, and you know I ordered a drink, and, and Kenny ordered a drink, and then we you know looked over at you. The waitress looked over at you, and you said, um, "I'll just have water." <laughs> And I was like, because <laughs> wait, wait a minute, not that you're a big drinker, but you're, in, you know, we're in Jamaica, you know, you're supposed to get a pretty drink with an umbrella and a banana, right? And she's like, I'll take a water. And I said, I know something is up. So I remember you sharing that news with me. That was a, that was a great day. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, my, um, my journey was, you know, different, was a lot different than yours. And um, it's so interesting how, you know, you come to this place of, you know, the one common denominator of being a mom and the joy you feel from being a mom, but how many different paths we take to get there is just, Mm -hmm. um, it's crazy. And so my path was a little different. I just finished, uh, just graduated from Tuskegee. And um, and actually, you know what? I think we have another caller, so I'll save my story because I'd love to hear our caller's story. Caller, are you there? Hello. Hello. You're on with Devoted Moms, Tasha and Regina. This is Tasha. How are you? I'm doing great, Tasha. Thank you. I just, um, it's funny just hearing how you can laugh once 
you get through the process of becoming pregnant, but I have had times where um, I was kind of hoping every month, okay, is it going to happen, mm-hmm. is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And with my particular situation, uh, I had actually married in to a family. So okay. um, upon getting married, I had automatically become the the uh, stepmother of four kids. Oh, wow. And, wow. Um, okay. So... So, yeah, so that was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to have to figure it out as I go along. Um, and then I had always had that desire, even before I met my husband and got married, that I wanted to be a mom myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had talked about it, and my husband was okay with me still wanting to try to have a, a baby for myself. And in the beginning, it seemed like, okay, it's not happening. You know, I was almost like driving myself nuts, like taking a test every single month. And he's like, Mm -hmm. you have to just relax. And um, I remember being at work one day, and the nurse had called me. I'd gone in for a routine uh, checkup. And she called and said, we got the results back, and you are pregnant. But then it was kind of like a bittersweet because, she said, but your doctor's going to call you later on today to talk to you about it. And so he called mm-hmm. me and he said, well, you know, the hormone levels are there, but I'm also concerned about having to watch if they increase or they decrease. So mm-hmm. he said, over the next week, I need you to just come in every other day and give blood mm-hmm. and I'll monitor the hormone levels. So it made it frustrating at first because it was like a Friday when they called me. And then I'm thinking, okay, I've got to wait the whole weekend and then talk to him on Monday to see if, like, the first amount of results came back saying it was increasing or decreasing. And unfortunately, I had had um, a miscarriage, but it was at the very beginning stage, so I didn't really get a chance to become attached. Um, But then when we did end up having... um, the second time of getting pregnant, at first I was just like, I was so determined to wait until like at least six weeks after my cycle before I would even take a test just because I had seen so many tests come out negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole time my husband's like, you are pregnant. <laughs> so now, you know, I have a daughter who's 19 months and I'm looking forward to having um, another child, a son, oh. in the next two months. So, you know, Whoa. it happens. Talking about the Brady Bunch. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, what is your name? Dana. Your first name? Dana. Wow, Dana. That is just an incredible story. And and it is interesting how you said you can kind of laugh and, and rejoice after the process, but going through it, you know, just mm-hmm. can be so hard. I had a quick question. Can you speak on... Um, some of the things that people would say to you in in trying to be encouraging and trying to be there for you that may have been sometimes upsetting and or at, from a place of not quite being as sensitive to what you're going through. Okay, well, um, at first the encouraging part is, you know, when you get married, they think, oh, you know, they kind of shit for you, but they're not fine. And then it's like once you've then 
Uh-oh, Dana, we're losing you. Thinking about mm-hmm. having kids. Um, but I think what made it harder for me was um, when it got to the point where my husband was nothing wrong with me because I already have four kids. Right, so, right. I, mm-hmm. I think we, Dana, I think we have a bad connection with you, um, but I wanted to thank you for for calling in. Gina, did you want to say anything to Dana? Well, I just wanted to say, Dana, I I get that. I was very fortunate very early for someone to share with me that it's a lot easier for the guy to get tested and, you know, assessed um, than, you know, the the invasion of, you know, how they have to, you know, um, assess a woman. And so I was very fortunate that my husband, in fact, was willing um, to go and do, you know, do that. But but it is true. You're, um, I think, you know, nobody wants it to be their fault. But if it's not right. happening, it, it's almost like you, you know, there's got to be somebody's fault um, instead of kind of, you know, bringing into the support. And what you have is, you know, coming up on two beautiful Mm-hmm. Um, two years of your um, tenacity and uh, four helpers, um, you know, to welcome them into a family that's already, you know, formed and, and ready to bring it on uh, for the baby. So I just want to wish you just an easy delivery. And yes. um, thank you so much for listening in. And please keep on listening and calling and sharing your story because it's just powerful for other folks to hear. Um, what looks like this is sometimes magical. Okay. Thank you very much, Tia. Thanks, Dana. Have a great week. Take care, and happy Thanksgiving to you. You as well. Okay. Wow, that was a a great story, and I'm sure that there are other moms that have that, that same exact story. I mean, that's amazing. Coming in as a new mom of four right off the bat, and then now the blessing of, of, you know, two additional children. That's um, that's a great story. And I think we also uh, actually have another caller holding online. Caller, are you there? Thank you for calling Devoted Moms. Are you there, caller? Hello. 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 Hi. Hey. Um, thanks for calling. Can you just give us your first name? My name is Allie. Hi, Allie. Allie. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I was was really just calling to listen. I hadn't planned on asking anything. Oh, no problem, Allison. Well, since you called in and got on on accident, I guess I'll have to go ahead and introduce you. (laughs) But Allie Allie is um, my very, I'll call her my very, very first friend, our mother's. We're pregnant together with us, and our mothers were best friends and um, pregnant at the same time with us. And so we are literally each other's very first friends in life. Mm-hmm. And it has um, <laughs> our friendship has gone through all kind of stuff, and, and it's just been so nice through the years to be able to, to grow um, from babies together to, to mothers ourselves. So... Thank you for calling in, Allie. Do you of want to tell a little course. bit of your story of how you became a mom? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, my manager is pregnant. She's so excited. Mm-hmm. She, 
like telling her telling her husband and like did it did it all cute, you know, dad's mm-hmm. t shirt laid on top of the laundry and my story wasn't like that. <laughs> you know, kinda like I it was an accident. You know what I mean? And I'm, of course a happy accident, but they were neither of them were planned pregnancies, so you know, it was sort of thrust upon me, if you will. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to, I think I kind of missed out on the whole, you know, excited to have the baby and, the, you know, all the mom and dad excitement and grandparent bonding and marriage. It wasn't like that for me. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, I guess, I guess they all don't, I guess everyone, everyone can't be, every situation can't be the same. And, and the way it went was the way it went. But I'm, you know, very happy, of course that they're here and in my life. And, seven and how old are they now again? 17 and 12. Uh, what? Uh, I don't know That's how I got crazy. that old. I don't know how I got old. <laughs> but 17, well, Allison, that was Regina, I, I, I want to thank you for um, for sharing, you know, your first bestie with me. Uh, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Thanks so much for calling in, but that's the truth. There's no, you know, I um, kind of play a surrogate mother um, for a friend that I do life with, and I want to give a shout-out, Mr. C, how are you? hope you're listening. Um, but he has allowed for me to be a major part in his son's life, um, and I call him the, the, the child that I don't have any stretch marks by. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there are all sorts of ways that we end up playing um, these, not even playing, but being uh, these mothers um, or being moms um, that we, you know, didn't quite intend on. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the child chooses you, and then sometimes you choose the child, and, you know, sometimes there's a surprise. Um, yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, Love those think, surprises. You know, I, you know, um, <laughs> my second was a surprise. My second right. on April Fool's Day. Um, I just I thought something was wrong, and uh, it so happened that um, in gear, whatever was in the way got out of the way for you know my second child. <laughs> so yes, the right. surprises surprises are really. Uh, they're 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 definitely a part of being a mommy, and I think it's almost like prep work. You know, you get yeah. used to not being in control um, of of your life because it's really about to shift at the end of that nine months, which is really ten months. You know, let the record reflect. I think let the record show. It is ten months. It is the end of the ninth month, which makes it a full <laughs> ten months. It's a full forty weeks. It's ten months. <laughs> Uh, a man must have said nine months. It was a man. It had to be. <laughs> or it could have been a marketing advertising agent saying, you know what? You know, we probably wouldn't have many around if we had ten months. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you, Allie, for True. calling in. And you can just hit mute and um, keep on listening because we have a great uh, second half of the show. We actually have our uh, first guest on hold. And so, uh, Regina, do you want to introduce her and bring her on? Oh, great. Kenya's on hold for us, huh? She's on. Well, she's on. She's I, I, on live now, actually. Great. Hey, Kenya, how are you? Um, am I on? You're on. You're honey. on. Oh, You're both moms. Hey, I'm all listening in. <laughs> um, let me. 
Just to let our devoted moms know, Kenya and I are partners in our um, consulting firm, Community Speaks, LLC. And so we actually had a business meeting this morning over a Belgian waffle and um, French toast. And French toast. And realized that this is how the way besties work is Tasha and Kenya have never met each other. But they both know very much about each other with me being the conduit. <laughs> I was like, I've met her before. Um, but Kenya was, um, uh, has been and continues to model for me um, what it looks like to be a devoted mom um, to her kids. Uh, Kenya, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience of becoming a mom in a couple of ways? So I have two of the most fantastic and hilarious children ever. You're so um, <laughs> So what I will say, like, my kids, you know, God gives you the kids that you're supposed to have. I'm real clear on that because I hate to cook, yes. and my kids voted over the summer to never eat my food again. So at 11 <laughs> and 12, they decide they're going to cook. Mama, you just clean up. Please just stay away from the kitchen. So I was fortunate to get two of the most incredible kids. And then I got a third kid that surprise you all talked about. But he's 19. <laughs> and I swear there are moments when um, he gave me these stretch marks. Uh, there are moments when I, I'm talking to him or I'm with him, and it, it's obvious that he is the kid I never had. He is the son of a very dear friend of mine, and so we were at a, a we were at an athletic banquet, and he started introducing me as his aunt. So now I am Aunt Kenya. Mm-hmm. But I came into his life at a time when his mom wasn't there, and his dad is very much a man. He's very masculine and very strong and very emotionless. And this kid was sixteen and was not like his dad. So he needed mm-hmm. someone to have fun with and someone to talk to and someone who wouldn't judge him, and that was me. That became I didn't realize that's what I signed up for, but three years later, it's still what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and I remember, Kenya, you know, you had a little bit of a resistance because you felt like you had your hands full with, you know, the two that did give you those awesome um this awesome mark. You could say you crossed your heart and also the tic tac toe with my stretch marks. But yes. right, I did have some resistance because I was friends with his dad. So, which relationship am I mm-hmm. investing in here, the dad or the son? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was getting ready for college, and he does not come from a family where folks have gone to college a lot. And I come from a family where everyone's gone to college, and so he needed someone to help translate. And and he didn't have anybody to do that. So that, I think, two years ago was the tipping point. It's when I decided which relationship had, was a priority for me at that time. And it, it turned out that the relationship with the son was more important to me than the relationship with the dad, although I'd known his dad for 20 years. And yeah. even now, every other weekend when my kids are with their dad, I am with my nephew. We go to the movies every other Friday. And I have to say, Moms, it's wonderful when your kid pays for dinner and the movies. <laughs> wow. That is incredible. Uh, I'm ready kids. for that. 
I'm just trying to get mine to pay for the ice cream at school. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so as you can see, so, so Kenya still has much more mentoring to do. I, I do think even in watching Kenya with her natural children and also with um, her chosen child, uh, one of the things that I've admired is, you know, that, that unconditional um, love and honesty, but also the ability to to encourage them to be who they are, how they are, and, oh, yeah. and you know, really, you know, kind of let them feel it. Her son is an incredible cook. Um, and his oh, age, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, Amir is now, what, 13? Not until Sunday. We're 13 on Sunday. Isn't that something? But probably wow. for the last two years, he's been the chef of the family. Oh, yeah. And so you allowed him to do that. I I honestly would have been like, boy, you are not going near those flames. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-mm. That's one of the things you know what? He really <laughs> enjoys it. He and his sister can do it together. But when they came home and it made Brussels sprouts and then ate them like popcorn while watching a movie, like, okay, clearly this is beyond me. So you have to you have to move out of the way and let them be then. That's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And even with my nephew, he is just the goofiest 19-year-old you'd ever want to meet. Um, but his dad is not, so he needs that outlet. So he'll come mm-hmm. over and wrestle with my son, and it's it's great to be around that and to watch everyone just enjoying themselves in a way where there's no judgment. You can be whomever you want to be, however you want to be. It's really, really great. Yeah, yeah. And, and so even though it's informal, it's still, to me, the mothering that, you know, so many of our children, uh, because a parent may not be able to, um, you know, that sometimes we do have to step in, even though it's going to cause a little extra, you know, energy. The payoff yeah. I think is just incredible. This is a young man who is thriving and, um, you know, is a cutie and has got, got quite a bit of sense, that, you know, of himself. And, um, and I think it's going to go on to be successful and do incredible things. Yeah, I agree. I love them. Kenya, yeah. how did um how did your how do your kids kind of interact with them? Are they do they see him like as a big brother, or a cousin? What kind of relationship oh, have they been able so. to form? It's actually pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, he my nephew uh, my nephew he was on the wrestling team, and so when my daughter had this little boy in her fifth grade class who would not take no for an answer, she's like, I want to call my cousin, and he's a wrestler, so you better stop. Like, <laughs> He is the protector. He is this this big, ominous guy who will come and do something to you if you mess with me. And my daughter needed that because her dad only sees her on every other weekend. So she needed that. And my son, who has said to me, he, he said, look, I have too many women around me. Can, can you bring me some men, please? So I'll go get my nephew. And he's old enough to be an adult, but young enough to also be a child with him. Right. They talk about the things that my son won't talk to me about, and Mm -hmm. my son lights up whenever my nephew is in the room. Mm -hmm. And although he lies when my nephew is wrestling with him and beating up on him, he loves it. (laughs) He loves it. Yeah. Well, I also have to say that when you decide to choose and to love on um, a child that someone else gave natural birth to, that we also... Um, have to be committed to encouraging um, a healthy relationship and honoring and respect of that person. So for, you know, 
for my guy, I make sure that, like, I really wanted to meet his mom and let her know, right. you know, when he's not in your care, I got him. You know, I've got him as from the uh, a woman's perspective. His dad's totally capable of taking care of him. Um, but I'm a little something extra. And mm-hmm. so, um, Kenya, I think that you talked about something this morning where even though um, the 19-year-old's mother is not around, he still wants a connection with his mother, and you encourage oh, yeah. that. Um, even if it's not a physical connection, it is a spiritual connection. Um, and at some point, maybe she is able to. Yeah. Which which I think is a good segue as we um, also talk about becoming a mom um, through adoption. Um, you know, the more formal adoption. Um, mm-hmm. And then there is the informal that um, that doesn't, that, that isn't on the chart. That we all know someone who, you know, is uh, very much in the mothering role but may be called auntie. And I right. think that's out of respect for the birth mother. Well, can, can I true. say this? I know, I know we're segueing a bit, but that's my, my last comment on, on this, me and my nephew, is I started off in this relationship thinking he needs he needs me. Like it was obvious that he needed me. And I didn't realize how much I needed him mm-hmm. because he's older, mm-hmm. he's male, and mm-hmm. so I'm able to have conversations with him about my own children sometimes. So that when I'm giving my son advice about how to do whatever he needs to do, my nephew will say, yeah, Aunt Kenya, that's not right. Men don't yeah. think like that. And then he'll go and have a uh, conversation with my son. Uh-huh. So it, it's, it's real, it has been very, very helpful for me to have him. He teaches me as much as I teach him. Which is what mothers well, do. Yes. Yeah, which is, which I don't is think you realize that until you become do. a mom. I don't yeah. think you realize that until you become a mom. Before I yeah. became a mom, I always thought, you know, I'm the teacher, I'm the leader, I'm the guider, you know, <laughs> and uh, quickly learned after my first child that that's, that's really not the case. I learn from my children all the time. Oh, oh my gosh, good. by loose and um, yes. you know, Kenya, I'm going to ask you, or, you know, I know that Tasha has a, we've got a couple of other guests that we know are going to call in. Um, well, I am... Uh, yeah, you can go on mute if you'd like. Thank you so much for calling in, and I'm hoping that we will um, have you again on the show maybe for a little bit longer. Um, Tasha and devoted moms all across the world, I am going to have to just sign off. Um, I have another uh, commitment that I need to run into, um, but I am leaving you in the safe, secure, supportive arms, and I'm also here with you. <laughs> In spirit, we will not get to um, talk with you all on Thanksgiving because we're hoping that everyone is around the table um, fattening up um, or at least doing something in gratitude. And so this show will be rebroadcast, and then we will see you on the following week. I also want to remind folks that the following week we're going to talk about adoption, and we've got two perspectives coming up. One on um, being um, an adopted uh, or a mother, who has chosen um, to raise a child and adopt a child, her experience, and then also a a birth mother who at a very early age gave her daughter um, as a gift to another woman to raise. And uh, their stories are just incredibly powerful, and um, I'm excited about having them on. And so um, God bless you, Tasha. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you, and then uh, you and I, of course, will talk later. All right, thanks. Have a good rest of the day.
All right, bye-bye. And actually, um, it's perfect timing because our next guest is um, is on now with us. Jaquesta, are you there? I am. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. Thank you so much for calling in to Devoted Moms. I really appreciate it. Um, let me just tell all of you out there a little bit about Turquesa. Uh, she and I met at Tuskegee, where we both went to school, to college, and um, became really good friends and have been friends ever since, um, and just been doing life together, and we've been in separate states and in the same state and separate states, and now back in the same state again. Um, and I wanted her to call in because she has a very powerful story as well on how she became a mom. And this, again, speaks to how we all have this common denominator of how we have children and how much we love them and what they've done for our lives. But it's so interesting to hear different stories and different perspectives on how we were able to get there. And so I really wanted Turkessa to call in and share her story because I know there are probably a few moms out there that share similar stories as she does. So if you'd like to call in and tell us your story, you can call us at 347-215-6138. But Turkessa, please share your story with us. Okay. Well, as you already know, um, Tasha, um, we had quite a bit of a um, challenge in trying to um, get pregnant. I became um, a mom a little bit later in life because, um, you know, I decided to do a lot of schooling, um, get an MBA um, in finance, then go to law school, and then I was just really, really, really career-focused, and I really wanted to get established career-wise before starting a family. Um, So I got married um, to my husband in 2008, and then um, in 2010, we decided to try to start having a family. Um, At that time, um, we really started trying around my 35th uh, birthday, which was in August of 2010. And I knew at that time, really at 35 is the age um, where my doctor was saying, look, if you're really going to get serious about this, you need to go ahead and start trying. So um, we went ahead and we tried for about six months and we um, didn't have any luck. And at that point, I went back to see my doctor and she's saying, well, even though you're still young, 35, that's the age that you would um, actually want to go and start having some testing um, because if you've been trying for six consecutive months at 35 or over, you could have of an infertility um, issue. Not saying that you would, but, you know, it's been six mm-hmm. months left to test. So I basically subjected myself to every single test under the sun. I mean, I had so many um, tests, and a lot of them were really invasive and painful, but um, it didn't matter because I really was dedicated towards becoming a mom and really wanted it, so worth going through everything. Um, did extensive testing over a couple months period, and um, everything came back absolutely fine. We were told we don't see anything. All of your hormone levels look good. Your estrogen levels look good. Progesterone levels look good. Um, your both of your uh, fallopian tubes look well. Um, the only thing that may be working against you is your age. You're 35, but you're still relatively young, and but your eggs may be a little bit older. But you know you still should have a good chance of getting pregnant. So we were relieved. So we were relieved and um, kept trying a few um, more months after that, and still nothing else was going on. So at that point, I went back to the doctor, and um, she said, "Okay, well, let's get a little bit more aggressive with this." And we did um, some mild um, infertility things. Um, I got on Clomid, which you know is a drug that you take to try to multiply your eggs. I was on that for a few months. Um, nothing really happened um, with that. 
Um, so we probably, like I said, we started this journey back in August of 2010, and then finally in July of 2011, um, I was very happy. I um, ended up pregnant um, during mm-hmm. that month. I found out. And then about a few days later, I started bleeding, went to the doctor, and I had a very similar story to the previous caller, or an earlier caller that you had in your show, Dana, who said, you know, you went in, you get the pregnancy test, you are pregnant, but your hormone levels are dropping, the pregnancy hormones are dropping. So like your previous caller, I went in for blood testing every other day, and then finally at the point where my hormone levels were back down to zero, meaning that I was pregnant, but I wasn't anymore over a week's time. So this was in July. So that was very disheartening. Um, And so we um, kept trying. And then again in December of 2011, I got pregnant again and had the same um, issue where got pregnant and over a week's time I wasn't pregnant anymore. So there really weren't any explanations as to why all this was going on, um, and we were just a little bit frustrated because no one could give us any answers saying everything looks normal, this just happens sometimes, we don't know. It's kind of like I wanted them to tell me something that was wrong so that we could mm-hmm. have some right toward fixing because that would have been a little bit less frustrating for me. Um, but we kept trying again, and then the very next um, month in January of 2012, um, I found out I was pregnant again, 30 days after the previous um, miscarriage, and I was um, actually able to have a successful pregnancy with that pregnancy. Um, with this pregnancy, it was very difficult from day one. Um, the first three months, I was very, very sick, really didn't have a lot of appetite, lost weight, and then I was suffering a lot from sciatic nerve pain, too, which is um, the baby sitting on basically your um, central nervous system, and it was very, very painful, and um, I was um, carrying the baby up until 27 weeks, and then my water broke in the middle of the night, and I went to the hospital at Seven weeks, stayed in the hospital for um, two weeks, um, was able to keep her into 29 weeks, and then I had to have an emergency C-section because I developed pneumonia when I was in the hospital, and they were worried about infection and everything, so um, I had an emergency C-section about a day before 30 weeks. Um, the baby stayed in the hospital for two months after that. Um, she was born at one pound, um, 19 ounces. Um, she had a lot of um, challenges when she was born, but um, thank God the nursing staff and the doctors are so great at Northside Hospital in Georgia. Give them a shout-out because it's a great hospital. And, right. Um, and now she's back. At, she's at home. She came home on September the 26th. and. Um, well, um, she still has a few challenges as far as her immune system is a little suppressed because she was really early. So we have a lot of challenges with um, not being able to really take her out places or have her around too many people. Um, you know, but we're dealing with that. But um, her heart is fine, her brain, her eyesight, I mean, everything else is, is really good. So we're so blessed that, um, you know, she made it through and, you know, it seems like she's, you know, on her way to living a healthy, happy life. So we feel very Yay. blessed. Wow. I mean, that's just an incredible story. I mean, you've kind of, like you said, from day one of even the day that you decided to become a mom all the way up until today, just some of the different challenges you've had to face um, that have just been back and forth. Um, so I, it, that's an incredible story and so glad that it has such an amazing, happy ending. What are some of the um, challenges that you are now faced with the baby being home and not really being able to go to daycare yet because she is a preemie and you have to get through this winter season. And, again, something else that you didn't necessarily plan for. So what are some of the challenges that you're dealing with there? Because I'm sure there's some moms out there that are are probably going through very similar similar times. 
Well, I think some of the challenges that we're um, going through, um, and it's actually a lot of the same challenges that a lot of um, parents of preemies, when we were actually at the hospital, um, there was a support group that we used to attend just for um, parents of premature babies because uh-huh. um, we really do um, experience a lot of things that parents who carry children to term don't experience. And a lot of people don't really understand a lot of the challenges that preemies face. So um, one of the common threads that we found that we were having in like 99% of the other parents in the premium support group, it's just, you know, it's very difficult as far as the limitations that you have to put on um, the time that your baby can spend um, with your family and with your friends and um, who can come and be around the baby and not being able to take the baby out certain places. And it's very hard for my husband and I to um, tell, you know, everyone, because everyone just wants to love on her, and it's very difficult for us to, you know, explain to them, look, you know, her immune system's suppressed, she's very susceptible right. She catches the flu that could be deadly for her, or she could have lifelong asthma as a result, you know, and um, she's taking shots, which is called RSV shots, which are shots to protect her um, against catching the flu because it could be so right. bad for her if she were to get it, and she's taking five of those for the next five months. Um, but that's just very, very difficult, you know, because people, you know, they want to be around her. They want to be with the baby. They want to love on mm-hmm. the baby. and. It's hard for us to have to tell people no or set limitations, and then it's also difficult for us because as parents, anytime you have a baby, you want to take your baby out, you want to show her off to people, you know, it's Christmas time, you want to dress them yeah. up, go see, go see Santa, do all those fun things, and you can't do that because you're kind of living in a bubble, but it's for the baby's, you know, own good. So, you know, that's definitely um, probably one of the biggest challenges um, that that we faced. And I would just tell, you know, mothers um, that and just fathers, period, you're going through that, you just have to really um, just stick to your guns. I mean, really, um, like the, my pediatrician, her, the baby's pediatrician told me a couple of weeks ago, she's like, you know, you guys are the parents. So she's like, you got to put your big girl panties on. <laughs> you got to say happy. Uh-huh. For the baby, you know, because the baby can't speak and you're the voice. Um, but, you know, thankfully, all of our family and friends have been really um, supportive and understood and they really support us and her getting well. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely um, been an easier um, experience for us, but that's still, you know, very difficult. That's good that you have family support because we could probably do a whole other show just on that topic alone, right? Definitely. definitely. So um, you talked a little bit about you know, how you wanted to focus a little bit on your career first and, you know, going to law school and, you know, I've, I've watched from afar you go through all of those um, those hurdles and those goals and I just, you know, you always inspire me with that because I've never had, you know, before probably this last year huge career aspirations and so you were always my one friend that I used to, you know, just be in awe of. And so now that um, little Kinsey is in the picture and, and part of your lives, how have you, you know, felt with, you know, the balance between, you know, still wanting to run your business and run your career and make a living, obviously, um, but also having to care for a preemie? Um, actually, it's so funny because you know that I've always been very, very career-oriented. Um, you know, my mm-hmm. parents, and especially my mother, was, um, you know, very big in education. She was, um, you know, the dean of arts and sciences at college and uni- um, university in South Carolina for um, a time. So education was always big, big, big for us. So, um, you know, that was always a huge focus. And so now that I have had the baby, and especially a baby, um, preemie baby with different challenges, it's so funny because I still enjoy working and I still want to work and I work out of necessity, but really work is on the back burner to my baby. Yeah. Um, 
so funny because you always, like I said, you've known me for a very long time, one of my best friends, and, you know, career has always been so important. But now really work is, I still enjoy it, and I think I'll always, you know, work at least part-time, but really my mm-hmm. primary focus is, is my baby, and my priorities have completely shifted. Um, that's really, you know, my heart, and that's, that's, that's really what I'm uh, focused on at this time. So, yeah, and then, that's, and I and and knowing what I know now, thinking back, I don't know if I would have put off having children um, until my career got established. If I would have known all the challenges that I would face as a, a an older mother, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might have waited um, as long as I did. To have wow, children. that's interesting. And so that that's kind of been something that you've that's been revealed to you after going through this process. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. And even with all of the challenges, physical and and mental challenges you've had to go through the last couple of years and even, you know, in this last few months, do you think that you and Hubby would try again for another oh, child? Yeah. Definitely. We're hoping to try again this summer coming up. So, um, wow. you know, it, it's very scary. I am scared. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to be I think I'm going to be paranoid the whole pregnancy because they're really not sure as to why my water broke. <laughs> so right. I think that I'm going to be paranoid the whole pregnancy, like, okay, what is that? Did I feel something? Um, probably going to be driving myself and my husband crazy. Um, you know, so so I think that I'm excited, but I'm also scared at the same time because um, even though the end result was completely worth it because we love McKinsey to death, the in-between was very scary. So, right. you know, the fact, that, the fact that I've had one premature baby, um, I was told that, you know, I'm more successful to having another one. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean I'll have another preemie, but it does make me more successful than the average woman who's never had a premature baby. And then the fact right. that they don't really know why my water broke early, um, you know, also worries me. But, you know, we have faith in God, and um, mm-hmm. we believe that he's not going to give us more than um, we can handle. And um, we believe that, you know, we're meant to have uh, more children, so we're going to just go by faith, and we're going to, you know, definitely keep trying to add to our family. So. That's awesome. I think that's, like, that's really just the key right there, being a devoted mom. It's it, all of the struggles that you can go through during a pregnancy or even getting pregnant you know, they just, they don't compare to to the outcome. Our careers don't compare to the outcome when we finally are able to become a mom. Um, so it's, that just speaks, you know, so highly to just how awesome it is. And uh, I'm so excited that you guys are, you know, so faith-filled that you're, you're going to try again because, you know, ultimately that's the vision for your family to have more children. Um, and so I'll definitely be praying for you and praying that, you know, it'll go, you know, be able to go through a little bit of a smoother transition into being, you know, parents of two kids um, so that you can actually see what it feels like to enjoy your pregnancy and, um, you know, and go full term and also the joy of being able to bring your baby home, you know, when you go home instead of right. having to go visit visit at the hospital because I can't imagine how that was. Yeah, because I know that speaking, that was definitely huge for me. I mean, having mm-hmm. to leave my baby in the hospital was an awful feeling. Um, even though I knew that she couldn't be in better care where she was, um, for literally the first week when I came home, I would cry myself to sleep every night because I just, the separation anxiety was terrible and I was missing her so badly. So, you know, um, that was also one of the biggest challenges was, you know, leaving her at the hospital. And it, and it got a little better over time, but it still... Right. Um, was very empty to, you know, be at the hospital, be with her every, every all day, and then come home and not have her here. So, 
Um, I'm definitely hoping the next pregnancy I will be able to, you know, go to term and take the baby home and just, you know, enjoy the process a little more and not be so stressed out. But um, right. if it ends up another premature baby and that's our path again, then, you know, then it'll just be, you know, what it's going to be. It's in God's hands, but, you know, we're excited about what the future brings with us and more children. So, yeah. It works out. Well, thank you for calling in. Um, if you want to just stay on the line and we can mute yourself, if there's anybody out there that would like to ask for Kessa or Kenya uh, a question about their experience, uh, if you have any questions for them or for me, or if you would like to just call and tell your story, we have a few more minutes. You might be able to take one more caller. You can call in at 347-215-6138. Um, and with these last three few minutes, I can also tell you a little bit about how my story started, um, and again, different from the, you know, from Regina's, from Turkessa's, and from Kenya's, and probably from many of yours out there that are listening, but I started my journey um, as a single mom. My journey into motherhood was a surprise. My journey into motherhood was not planned. I had just finished college a few months after I graduated and had, you know, my list and my plan on, on what I was going to do and and where I was going to go next in life, and um, surprise. And I found out, when I found out I was pregnant, I was ten, already 10 weeks along. So there was definitely some denial. <laughs> there was some denial there. I'm not taking a test and just praying every day that, no, this couldn't be happening to me. Um, and so finally I faced faced my fears and went to the doctor and uh, found out that I was 10 weeks along. So for me, I've always wanted to be a mother. Career was not was not on the forefront. It was always to be a mother. So that was definitely something I wanted to do. But it, this was not necessarily the path that I thought I was going to, to go in into being a mom. And so it was very scary for me to be by myself, um, I shouldn't say by myself, because I had a great support system, but to be without a husband, someone who was by my side, who was excited, you know, I didn't get to have that experience, and uh, ended up having to move back in with my, my parents temporarily, just so I could have that support. I was very ill, so it's hard for me to work, and I was, I was you know, I was scared. I, you know, I, I was excited about what being a mom could be for me, but I I was also scared, if I had to admit it, I was scared about what what this was going to bring and what my future was going to hold and how I was going to do this alone. And so I moved back in with my parents, and shout out to my mom and dad because they were just an incredible support system for me, you know, still on there and being able to be on their insurance so I could have good insurance and take care of myself. My dad cooked for me every single day and made sure that I ate and was taking care of myself. And um, and then on March 27, 2000, Jordan Elizabeth entered into this world, and it was the most exciting day of my life. I still remember it like it was yesterday, and it was, you know, almost 13 years ago. So that was my journey into motherhood. And, you know, I was determined to be the best single mom that I could be. I decided to take my circumstance that was not the best of circumstances, but I decided to take that circumstance and make it the best that I could make it. And Jordan and I, that was my girl. And I did everything with her and for her. And she was, you know, she was my world. And uh, and we did life together for a couple of years until I, I uh, my husband and I 
met and got married and decided to have two more kids together. And so I had a totally different experience getting pregnant from with my last two pregnancies. So I've been able to, to go through the gamut of different emotions and finding out that I was pregnant from the first to the third. And, uh, of course, they were all special. They were all fabulous. But they were all definitely different. And so that's that's my journey. That's my journey into motherhood, and I don't take it for granted. I completely and totally enjoy being a mom. My my friends tease me all the time because I love the baby stage. And they're like, oh, most moms are like, oh, skip through this baby stage part. This is the hard part. But that, that's the part that I love. Um, and, you know, Kenya and Turquesta, or Turquesta, you can attest to that because you're going through the baby, baby stage right now. And Kenya, it's been a while for you. Um, but uh, if you want to speak on what your favorite stage is, because I know you have 13 and what were your ages again? Are you still with me, Kenya? I think she might have been, might have left us. Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, the different stages are going to be really fun, you know, for those of you who are first-time moms out there who are experiencing babies or toddler or maybe going off into kindergarten. Um, mine are now 12, 7, and 1, so I have all kind of different stages going on right now. All exciting, all different, sometimes challenging, um, but all worth it. Of course, just just all worth it. So we have time for one more caller if you want to call in and just um, tell us about your experience as a mom, how you became a mom. I'll also um, also end, you know, if you've been listening to our show every week, we end with a God story. And a God story is basically, you know, something that's happened in your day. It could be big, it could be small, but just one of those things that happens in your day and you and you just kind of, you just kind of shake your head and just acknowledge that that was God. That was just, that was all God. That wasn't me. Or, And so I have, Regina and I, we end our, you know, we talk all the time and we always say, I have a God story for you. So we love to share God stories with each other. And so I had one, I think it was yesterday or day before yesterday. I, was, I have the privilege and honor to be home taking care of my one-year-old and um, teaching her sign language. She doesn't have too many words yet. And she gets very frustrated. So teaching her sign language has really helped to um, to calm her frustration and be able to communicate with us so that we understand her. So I've been doing sign language with her and taught her a couple of words, like on a Monday, and just went over them briefly, didn't do a whole bunch. And, you know, my plan, of course, was to reiterate them on Tuesday but before we even got into mommy school and, and into our words for the day, she came up to me and asked me for a banana in sign language, and I had just taught her that word. And that was my God moment only because I love that she picks up things so quickly. I think that's just so sweet and so so cool. But the other thing is it just reminded me of how much I am so grateful and thankful that I can be home with her because I have not had that opportunity with my other two kids to be with him at this age. So just to watch her every day and watch the things that she learns from day to day, you know, instead of the mom I used to be where I just, you know, picked you up right at 6.30 or 7 o'clock from school, did dinner, hugged and kissed on you for a minute, did a bath and put you in bed, I actually get to go through the day with her and I'm able to see all of the things that she learns and picks up. And it is really an amazing ride. And so that's my God moment, just um, 
being able to be there for her every day and to teach her. So I um, am so grateful for all you devoted moms that joined us today. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you all the best Thanksgiving next week. Um, Hug your family, hug your friends, tell them how much you love them, and don't forget to, to tell each other what you're thankful for. And we will see you the following week where we'll be talking about adoption. So I think it should be an amazing show. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you can join us. Thank you so much for joining us today, and have an amazing rest of the week. Goodbye. <laughs>